Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, the theme of the night was arrival, and Garrett Barnes shared a story about how he found himself between tolerance and, well, maybe not. So I grew up in Virginia Beach. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh... People think it's exciting to grow up in Virginia Beach, but I think it is like like my childhood was the same as any Midwestern child's childhood, except in a Billabong t-shirt. Like, it's that kind of suburban, like, nothing's happening, you know? That sort of, like, boring life where you just, like, follow expectations and, like, that... Like this sort of boring suburban life that either leads to a punk rocker or an accountant. Uh, And I thought I was going to be an accountant for a long time. Like I just thought everything I did was expected. I went to school. I did well in school. Even the things that I like messed up were expected. Like I drank in high school, as does everyone else. So even the things that I I didn't think were expected were like totally straight to the middle. And so I thought that's what life was. Like, you just do what everyone expects of you. Uh, And basically, your life amounts to, like, three things. Uh, Like a house, a job, and a wife, basically. Uh, And so I went through life thinking that's what it was. I I went to uh, college at UVA. Thanks. And... (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh, I went to school, and I, I was doing it. Like, I was building that life. I was doing the steps that you take. And then I had this uh, thought in my head that was like, oh, no, pretty sure I'm gay. That's not going to work for this. Uh, I don't think my wife is going to like that. Uh and so this life that I had built for myself was like, uh-oh, we better improvise. All right. Uh, I was like, you know what? I think we can make an amendment. I think I can just have a husband, and we'll, it'll be close. Uh, it'll be close enough. So I went to school, and I was still on that straight and narrow, well... I was on that, uh, (laughs) I was on, uh, the track that everybody else was on, you know, like you go to college, I was studying to be a teacher, uh, which is a great profession, but it's the most boring thing you can be, uh, teachers, uh, I was doing, like I was studying to be a math teacher, I joined a fraternity, great place to meet men, I, uh, (laughs) I was just doing the things that everybody else was doing because it was expected of me, and uh, I kept doing that, except I was gay now. Uh, And so after school, uh, I got a job teaching at this little private school outside of... uh, Oh, before I got the job, I started doing stand-up comedy. I'll throw that in there. It'll be relevant. Uh, (laughs) And so that was another thing where it was like, 
I was doing stand-up, but I also wanted to be a teacher. So I still had, like, the job part. I didn't quite have a wife thing yet. Like, that wasn't going to work out. I sort of had it, like, I was working towards a job, but I was also going to be doing this other thing. Uh, A house was my only hope for that normal life. but I, I'm doing stand-up, I'm going back and forth between Charlottesville and Richmond, and I'm like uh, enjoying that, and then I get a job in Richmond teaching. Uh, and it was great. I loved it. I was good at it, dare I say. Uh, it was at this school, it was like a private school that was not religious, but it was also not not religious. Uh, <laughs> and I, I liked it. It was like, it was very easy teaching, like all the kids were their parents, like the parents were harder to teach than the kids. Uh, and it was, it was really good. And then uh, one day, I was walking down the hallway, and I heard one of the kids tell a joke. And I was like, oh, that's a good joke. Oh, wait, that's my joke. <laughs> Apparently the kids found a video of me doing stand-up online. And then it just started, like, shooting around their Twitter feeds uh, in this vortex of uh, social media. And the kids just started sharing it, and the administration watched their social media, and so the administration found out about it. I didn't have anything this set that was, like, uh, terrible. Like, I didn't have anything terrible, but I did uh, say I was gay in it. Oh, no. Uh, We're not putting this podcast out, are we? Uh, <laughs> wow uh, But I mentioned that And so uh, an administrator Comes up to me and says Hey buddy uh, I don't know if you know this But there's a video of you going around And I was like uh, Yeah I heard about that He was like okay uh, don't be alone with the kids for a while. And I was like, no, what? No. You can't say that. That was like, that was 2013. Uh, and they said that. And so I was like, oh, no. Uh, and I didn't, there's so, looking back, there's so many things that I would have liked to have said uh, that are too profane to say here. But uh, I didn't. I just did the thing, and I just like sat there for two days and waited to be fired, and then they did it. Uh, <laughs> so then I was fired. Uh, so I, if we're taking stock, uh, not going to have a wife. Maybe a house. No job. <laughs> That's not going to work. Uh, so I'm really striking out here, guys. And I just like went home and lived at home for a long time. And then a college friend of mine, I kept doing stand-up. That was the one thing that I kept doing. It's not a normal job. But it'll be a job for some people. Uh, None of whom are from Hampton Roads. (laughs) But I kept working at it. And I got a call from my friend uh, from college. Uh, And he said that his roommate, he lived in New York. He's a poet and a drag queen. Uh, So he was not going for the same kind of life that I was. And he said, his roommate just moved out, and would I like to come up to New York and live there? And I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, I can find my husband there. 
because unlike the Hampton Roads, New Yorkers are swimming in gay people everywhere. Uh, these were the, uh, the thoughts of a Southerner trying to go up there. And um, so I just thought this will be great. You know, I'll go up there. I will make it in comedy and immediately find a husband. So we're good. Um, so I did that. I went up. Uh, <laughs> I moved into a neighborhood called Bedstuy, Brooklyn. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but that's where the rappers Jay-Z and Biggie Smalls got their start. Not rapping, but selling crack. Uh, <laughs> that's the neighborhood I was living in. And I was just doing comedy, and it was great. You know, I loved it. I thought I had arrived. And... <laughs> he really liked that. Uh... But I thought I was doing it, you know what I mean? I thought I was back on track, and I was like, there were some things that were not what my parents dreamed of me doing, but it was close enough. Um, And so I was just doing that there, and then I got a letter in the mail that my rent was going to go up by 100%. Uh, because we were not legal renters. Uh, (laughs) And so we didn't have any recourse. Uh, We were like, this is super cheap for New York. Nothing can be wrong here. Uh, And so I had to, like, I got kicked, I got evicted from this apartment. So, like, I was supposed to have this normal life, and then I've already, like, it was a year after I graduated and I'd already been fired and evicted. (laughs) And it was fast, too. I was homeless for, like, four hours. And (laughs) it's not as bad as they make it out to be. But... (laughs) It was scary. Uh, So there goes the house. And so now I'm like... I've got nothing that I'm supposed to have. Uh, and that was like five months into me, into me living in New York. And I realized like, oh, right, I was supposed to date up here too. Maybe we can salvage this yet. And so I got on OkCupid. That was a groan. I don't know if you heard it. <laughs> she was right. Uh, <laughs> So I get on these dating sites. I didn't get on, like, Tinder or Grindr or anything that a sensible person would get on. I just got on OkCupid, the most demure of the dating sites. And I just start, like, trying to meet people. And it takes super long. Like, there's a ton of gay people in New York, but none of them messaged me first. And eventually they started to. And so I, my first date that I ever went on in New York was with a gentleman. I went... It was so cool. I was on the street where, like, the Comedy Cellar and uh, Grangeville Comedy Club, like, all these comedy clubs were on, because that was the only place I knew, because I was always at those places. Uh, But I went into this little cafe, and I met this guy, and he was very cute. Uh, And then he proceeded to tell me uh, that he was a men's rights activist. I don't know if you've ever 
sipped Earl Grey tea while a man explains to you that if someone goes up to your apartment willingly, then how could it be sexual assault? But it's not an ideal first date. Uh, So I didn't uh, ever see that man again. Thank God. Uh, (laughs) But I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I really thought I was going to go to New York and it was just going to be gay people everywhere. Um, I actually remember the first time I saw two guys kiss in New York. Uh, I'd been down here so long, my first thought was like, no, they're going to see you, but it was fine up there. Uh, (laughs) You can just do that. Uh, And so I went, I keep trying. Uh, A guy messages me and... I'm like, this is great. We're boyfriends now. Because this is I, I was a thirsty man at that point. Uh, we're together, and I'd like to meet you soon. Uh, so we agree to meet at this bar in Brooklyn, and uh, we sit, and it's going well, and he's a musician and an artist. And I'm like, that's cool. Uh, and... He's got long hair. His profile picture looked like he didn't have long hair, but he had long hair. But that was the only thing I noticed right away that was different. Uh, and then about an hour into the date, it's going great. We're really hitting it off. And then he, he asked me what my religion is. And I said, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> there's no way that can go well, right? Uh, and I say, I guess I'm not really anything. I don't know. And he's like, well, I'm like, well, what about you? And he says, well, I'm a Satanist. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's happening again. Uh, but I was so committed to dating. I thought I needed a husband. And so I said, That's, we can work through it. Uh, we're dating, right? We can do this. Uh, and I kept going out with him. Four times I went out with this guy because I didn't want the fact that he was a Satanist to be the reason that I broke up with him. I was like, I'm more open-minded than that, and I'm not. Uh, And that wasn't even the only thing. Like, I was really sticking with it. You know what I mean? He was a toothy kisser. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Real beat up for a while there. And, uh... He had my sister's name, which was weird. And the music that he did was called noise music, which is arrhythmic, amelodic sounds that you play from a DJ booth in an empty room. Uh, And the art that he did was glitch art where you sit in front of a crowd and play video games for 10 minutes and point out little things that went wrong in the animation and you turn around to the crowd and you'd be like, huh? And then nobody claps. Uh, This was the artist that I was dating. Um, So we went back to his apartment and I saw the candles and I was like, no. Uh, No. (laughs) 
There were no candles. But eventually, ironically enough, I ghosted a Satanist. Uh, And so that was the thing. I kind of gave up on the idea that I had to be together with somebody and I had to have this job that everybody that everybody knows the name of and like I need to have this house that has a white picket fence and a woman standing behind it with me in a family photo uh, and so instead of arriving in if I can tie this up in a trite little bow uh, I didn't arrive in New York I just arrived at uh, the conclusion that you don't have to live within the expectations that everybody sets out for you and there is a person inside of there who you should be. So that's my story. Thank you so much. That was Garrett Barnes sharing his story about setting higher expectations. Do you think you have a story to share like this on our show? Visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows and their themes, as well as a lot more storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live. <laughs>